Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. Good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guys right here on Legends 810. Yes, sir. Bob, I'm Jim Borland, one of the Garden Wise Guys, and the other one is Keith Funk. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Yes, and it's still dark out. No, wait a minute. It's not. It's not. It's medium light. It's medium medium light out this morning. And let's see, I have the time is 7.01. The sun will arise above the horizon at 7.12 this morning. At 32 degrees. All right. At my house today. So everybody be out there and stare at the sun. That's right. Remember to use your goggles. <laughs> your, your, your welding goggles. Yeah. That's what you need. Look at Absolutely. The sun. So. Well, another whole week has passed on by, and I hope everybody brought all their plants inside that needed to come inside. If not this morning, they're probably toast. The coldest was on Thursday night for us. Uh, what'd you get? 27. Whoa. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting the coldest to be f- last night. At least that's what the weather uh, you forecast never know. You said. Know, but co- I, you know, co- I didn't check it an hour before it froze. Yeah, a couple degrees here or there. Yeah. One morning it was 38, and I looked up on my neighbor's garage roof, and it's covered in frost. Is that right? Yeah, 38 degrees. Yeah, it doesn't have to be freezing to have frost. No. Well, I got everything inside well before the deadline. Yeah, I did too, and I feel good about it. Do you? Yeah. I saw your picture on Facebook of your massacre of your yeah, I did. of your canna. I did. I cut them all down. These things were like eight feet tall. I know. And no. <laughs> in a tiny pot, by comparison. Yeah, well, yeah, by comparison. And the pots are all def- deformed. From I'm sure they are. There. Do you need some bigger pots, Jim? I can bring you some. I have a giant pot. Okay. And I'm wondering, should I? Should I? Then what am I going to do? Because it'll just fill that pot up too. Mm-hmm. They've been they have been constrained by the pot, and these are sixteen inch pots, I think. So they're big, <laughs> <laughs> and I have bigger pots. Yeah, <laughs> that that I that I that I tape off the the holes in the bottom, and, and I take baths in them in summertime outside. <laughs> <laughs> they're that big. <laughs> But, like the man said, what in the world am I going to do? you got to be able to fit them through the door. <laughs> I have problems putting them outside. Yeah. <laughs> There's just aren't a, isn't enough room out there. Yeah. Well, as I dig up the lawn. and I may plant one in the ground next year. Ooh, on the south side? No, I'm not going that route. No. Oh, okay. No, I'm not going to try to hold it over the winter. No. Been there, done that. Oh, okay. Yeah. It generally doesn't work <laughs> okay is your passion vine still growing over there no it's dead it's dead it did this year it went out it went bye-bye oh that's too bad yeah so i i don't know if i want to get another one or not <clears throat> some years they, they did extremely well i mean it covered up the whole south side of the house yeah and other years it just peter long well you had a, a pomegranate over there a pomegranate and i thought it was gone 
but it bounced back this spring. Came oh, back up okay. again. And do you still have that jasmine? You had yes. new to flora? I, I it's think? it's whatever it is, and it didn't even have any blooms on it this year. The yellow one? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just green. It's like it's, the pomegranate. It's all green now. It's just green. <laughs> yeah. That's so it. you wonder. It, it, Why <clears> am I t- letting this take up space? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I, I keep at least the pomegranate just for uh, <clears throat> show and tell. Because mm-hmm. some people will point out it's pomegranate, and it <clears throat> obviously a lot of people have no idea about anything about plants yeah and it means nothing to them exactly yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> and you can tell that immediately so you move on <laughs> to something else <laughs> you had a bird of paradise <laughs> shrub too yeah yeah it, <clears throat> it comes back every year whether it dies to the ground or not it comes back up and blooms every year nice yeah and that's all on that south it's again south, on the yeah. south side yeah. yeah i mean right up again the the house yeah so that's uh, well protected. Although a friend of mine, much further south of, from us, has one out in the middle of his yard. Ooh. No, it doesn't get as big as mine, but then he doesn't water his either. That's that's brave. So, yeah. And it comes back every year. Hey, you might want to give out our phone number. I don't I don't think I want to. Really? I just want to sit here and chat. But it's free today. And, uh, and is it, This is a free day at the GardenWise show. <laughs> oh. I somehow missed that memo. <laughs> you didn't send it to me. Oh, okay. All yeah. right, here's the phone number. I was busy. <clears throat> 303-477-2473. That's our phone number for you to get in here with a garden question in mind, <clears throat> preferably, or not even a question. You can just, you know, we can chat about your gardens and your gardening experiences. Did they work for you this year? How were your vegetables? Did your pumpkins get to be record size? <laughs> By the way, <clears throat> I looked up world record pumpkin for 2021. Yeah. Was done in Italy. Italy? Yeah, this, this phenomenon has spread around the world now. Okay. I'm waiting for it to get to places like Thailand where they can grow them year-round. Year-round, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the one in Italy. Well, wait a minute. Go back to the ones here in, in Colorado. We set a new record for the largest pumpkin when you say largest, <clears throat> I really should say the heaviest. Yes. Uh, the heaviest pumpkin grown here in Colorado, which I don't have that written here, but I think it was 16, 1,685 pounds. I believe you're right, <clears throat> yeah. The one in Italy <clears throat> was, a, was another 1,000 pounds. What? <laughs> I know. It's like 2,702 pounds. Holy Moses. Yeah. Uh, that's just hard to believe that any any fruit can grow to be that size. Now I don't know where he was in Italy. I didn't dive into it that deeply, but <clears throat> one if, season too. If he's uh, in you know the southern and the boot part of Italy, they got a long, long growing season mm-hmm. there. I don't know that they ever get frost wherever he is. So um, so if you folks want to start growing pumpkins. For record size. Start now. I, Today. I would. <laughs> <laughs> Grow them inside. You can start them in a four-inch pot. <laughs> there you go. Uh, build a greenhouse first. A large greenhouse. About half an acre in size. Yeah, that, that might do it. So that takes that takes care of the large vegetable. And I, I saw a, an inkling that um, um, a large watermelon came in at over 300 pounds. Oh, my. Man, that's a lot of seed to be spitting out there. I wonder how they taste I, when they get that I, big. I don't know. I didn't ask. 
Or the pumpkin. <clears throat> the pumpkins are all destroyed right after after mm-hmm. they're weighed. Yeah. Uh, some of them I saw another Facebook posting was of uh, big pumpkins being given to the zoo, given to the elephants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they go over and they tramp on them and smash them, and, and they need them. Yeah. Yeah. And gorillas eat them, too. Probably a bunch of other animals. I well. would imagine. So what's going on in your yard? Anything interesting for the fall? Good color this the, year? This silence says everything. Yes. <laughs> there is color. I'm not sure it's good color. Wasatch maple is turning pretty colors. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple of <clears throat> three-leaf sumacs that are starting to color up. What else? Those do. I, I've noticed the color was really good this year. <clears throat> By and large, the yeah. leaves didn't freeze on the trees green yeah. this year, which is nice. Yeah. I even had a, a good floral display for one day. Then we had a frost that night of um, basin big sagebrush. Mm-hmm. You don't usually think of that as having pretty flowers, but uh, big, uh, I want to say sp- they're not spikes, they're big, huge trusses of, of yellow flowers. Very, very tiny, but there's like thousands of them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the next day they kind of went brown. Mm. So enough of that. Because I was going to go out and take a picture the next day, and it just didn't color up anymore. So I missed missed the day. Missed that opportunity, yeah. huh? What else did I have turned color? My Hot Wings maple is looking good. <coughs> what color did that go? Reds. <laughs> yeah. Shades of red and a little bit of orange. And it's weird. It always starts at the very tippy top of tippy the tree. Tippy top, yeah. And it works its way down. That's, that's because the color is draining out of it. Is that what it is? The, the, the chlorophyll is the going chlorophyll to the roots? It's going to the roots. Yes. If you dig the roots up in the wintertime, they're, they're all, all gr- green. They're green. Yeah. <laughs> and they're as big as balloons. <laughs> oh, dear. Folks, I hope we have something else to, for us to talk about. Because <laughs> we're quickly diving into uh, obscurity here. No kidding. Really? Let's see what else is going on uh, that people should be looking at doing. Uh, starting a good time to start cleaning up the perennial <coughs> beds. Yeah, you can do that. I'm doing a little, not much. I like to leave them up as much as possible unless they look messy because a lot of my perennial beds are in the front yard. So I have to take into <coughs> consideration what my HOA thinks of it and, and passers by. So the, the messy looking things I, I try to keep cleaned up yeah. as, as the season goes along. Yeah. I don't do anything preemptively. I wait until it looks messy, and then I take it out. <laughs> <clears throat> I have a bunch of things that, that climb over the sidewalk a bit. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I kind of like that because I don't like straight lines in the garden. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I'm always amazed that when I go and use the hedge clippers on them, they're just clipping right off the straight line. Boy, the, it neatens it up really a oh, lot. Oh, yeah, it does. And, and don't do anything else. Just that is, is, is uh, all that it takes to make it look a lot neater. <clears throat> but then I don't much like a neat garden anyway, so, so there you go. It takes too much time. It does, <clears throat> and it looks a little, and it begins looking a little formal, and I'm not about formality. Oh, you know what I've noticed is the pines, the evergreens, are starting to go through <clears throat> their fall needle drop. Yep. So, folks, if you have uh, pines in your yard. Or spruces. Or yeah, spruces, too. Mm-hmm. Probably junipers do that, too. We just yeah. don't notice it. Yeah, fir trees. So, that, that you have yellow needles on the inside of the tree. It's, uh, that's, that's normal. The needles don't last forever. 
they do last several years on depending mm-hmm. on what the evergreen is. Yeah, I was I was reading up on that, and most <coughs> most of the pines that we grow around here, like ponderosa and Austrian and Scotch and Mugos, uh, will typically hold two or three years worth of green needles. Yep. And everything else falls off. Yep. So you'll notice that the yellow needles, hopefully on your <coughs> pine that's doing this, is are, are the oldest needles, the farthest back on the stem. Um, but I found out that bristle cone can hold up to 10 or 12 years yep. of needles, of green needles. Long time. If you look, if you look at pine trees, uh, you know, walk into the center and look up through. There are no needles up through there. No, they're not. There used to be. Mm-hmm. Those all fell off. Yeah, it's just like the deciduous trees, you know, they, except the deciduous trees lose their leaves every year. The pines, the evergreens, just lose the oldest ones yep. every year. And on a drought year, it might be more than one year's worth. So it looks really severe. Yep. Uh, I don't know that, that would, I would consider this a drought year. We had a nice wet spring. I was just thinking about that yesterday. I should go and check and see where our moisture levels are for this year so far. They're starting to tabulate, calc- not calculate, but tabulate <coughs> snow levels. Already? Yeah. Okay. I can give you those numbers. All right. You, you might be surprised. Statewide, <coughs> we're at 315% of oh, normal. Oh, g- good. <laughs> okay. So no. it doesn't have to snow at all the rest of the year. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as our temperature stays below freezing everywhere, <laughs> we might be in good shape. Now, the South Platte River area, that's where we are here. Uh, that drainage area, and some of that goes, well, it goes all the way up to the top of the mountains. And it's snowing up there. And we're at the 165% of normal. Mm-hmm. Arkansas Valley. Yeah. 925% oh of normal. <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll tabulate we'll, and tell you about those every week and see where we are. These numbers can only go down from here. True. Unless we start getting a lot more snow. And we got some warm days coming up, at least down are, here. So, Are we supposed to have a, I'm using air quotes here, normal winter? Or are we going to have a wetter? Well, once again, we're in one of these oscillations. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's either La Nina or, well, what's the other one? El Nina. Or El, no, no, I don't know what. <laughs> Nino <laughs> or Nina. Or yeah, something. Nini. Or I always thought it was, it was confusing. <laughs> 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 or and, and they show you the maps of those. When these oscillations start, and Colorado is always in the middle, uh-huh. half the state is more, and the other half is less precipitation. So it's a wash. Last couple of years, we've had good snow years up in the high country. Yeah, we have. And we're starting out another <clears throat> good snow year. We'll see if it keeps up, but we'll see. It, I don't predict anymore. People always ask me, what do you think the winter's going to be like? How should I know? How do I know? My magic eight ball's broken. <clears throat> yeah. It broke like 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, all yeah. those, those needles that are falling off the tree, they make a good mulch, by the way. They don't hurt anything. <clears throat> they don't cause the soil to become acid yeah, or sour. Um, they make a very nice mulch. I, I just let them fall on my perennial beds where I have pine trees and you know, if, if it starts to pile up on something that looks like it's being smothered or what have you, I'll go in there and sort of shake things off and yep. clean it up a bit. But for the most part, I just let them fall where they will. 
and it's a whole lot less work. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Usually when you go in there and start raking things out, if you don't do it at the right time, you're starting to tear up plants. Exactly. So that's, yeah. that's no fun. So I just let them fall where they may, and they yep. decompose over time, <coughs> and all, all the perennials and so forth come right up through them. Yep. And, and man, if they, if they would acidify the soil, I'd be that much happier. Yeah, it would be fun. But it doesn't happen here. No. It doesn't do anything <coughs> detrimental to the soil either. We don't have anybody to have any garden questions. We must have. Are we on, Sean? <laughs> yeah, are we broadcasting? Are we on the air? <laughs> Maybe after 26, almost a full 27 years, we've answered every question there is to be asked. Well, let's go home. We might as well. <laughs> you you want to go to a bar? <laughs> <laughs> An omelet bar, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, we can get some. Uh, what What are the drinks you drink in the morning when you're if a you're bloody a bloody mary? Yeah, bloody mary. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks, but no thanks. No. <laughs> Not if I wanted. I, I, I would if I wanted to take a nap. Well, yeah, but I don't think most of the the the. <laughs> the restaurant don't have napping facilities. No, they don't. <laughs> and they frown at you crawling under the table. <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh, have you bought your bulbs yet? I, um, no. Or have you planted your bulbs? No, I didn't get any bulbs this year. I did. I keep thinking I still about have it. some coming, too. I <clears throat> went in with a group buy with Paniotti and some of his friends, mm-hmm. and we're still waiting for them to arrive. Oh. They're late because, you know, they're, they're, they're stuck out in the ocean on yeah, a ship. <laughs> apparently. Well, they might be, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, then I bought some at, at Nick's when I was there. I've been vacillating back and forth, you know, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I plant some Allium uh, Purple Sensation. I had, I had some of that at my Lakewood house, and <laughs> it sort of took over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 <coughs> Ooh. You want to I mean, do that again? It was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely gorgeous when it was in bloom. But the thing I don't like about it the most is that when it's in full bloom, the foliage is turning yellow. Oh, yeah. So, so it bugs me. <laughs> but I have a place where I can plant some where the foliage would be hidden enough. Oh, yeah. And the, and the, <coughs> and the, the allium stems, they'll come up. Two or three feet above the ground mm-hmm. with their those big purple lollipops on them. Yep. Um, and then I'll just deadhead them right away. Ooh, that, that's always the plan. <laughs> that's always the plan, exactly. Because they reseed like, like nobody's business. <clears throat> and I think every seed germinates four or five times. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it takes like six weeks before they're all big enough to bloom again. Bloom again, exactly. <laughs> So um, that, that is one of those invasive, <coughs> what I would call invasive or, or, or a bully, thug-like plant. Oh, yeah. Um, and then trying to clean out all of that yellow foliage after they bloom is kind of a problem, especially if it's growing in amongst other things. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm going to plant it where it's, it's, it's going to be hidden, and I can just leave the foliage in place, and it can deteriorate on yep. its own, and I won't have to clean it up. But I will have to dead it. So I did buy some. I haven't planted them yet. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're a better man than I am, Charlie There's Brown. There's still a possibility <clears throat> that they end up in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what company did you buy from? 
I bought them from Nick's. <clears throat> oh, those. Okay. What about the ones you or- ordered? From whom did you order? Oh, who are those coming from? Van Bloom or something like that, I okay. think. Yeah. I bought some some tulips. There are certain colors of tulips I like and certain colors of tulips I don't care for. Mm-hmm. Or a combination. So I will, I will buy the individual colors and then I'll put my own mix together. I don't think you're allowed to do that. I don't care. <laughs> Write me <laughs> a ticket. Okay. Arrest me. That is the way they show them in the catalog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to we have to get out of here and take a short break. But before we do that, let me give you the phone number for you to give us a call here yes, with please. a gardening question. Here it is: three zero three four seven seven twenty four seventy three. And all of that occurs and will occur again right here on Legends Eight Ten. Have you been waiting for that last application of fertilizer for the yard? Well, Fertilome has the solution for that: Fertilome Winterizer. Winterizer is the most important application of the entire year. Never skimp on this application. A number of years ago, Fertilome examined university studies of winterizer formulas and created a special winterizer for our area. This special formula is quickly and easily converted to stored food for your turf to help it make it through the unpredictable winter months. In the spring, a yard that has Fertilome winterizer applied to it in the fall will be the fullest, darkest green yard on the block. You'll find Fertilome Winterlizer at your favorite independent garden retailer, including The Tree Farm in Longmont, Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora. To find the closest Fertilome dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. That's www.fertilome.com. And be sure to tell them that the Garden Wise guys sent you. I'm Ed Ishii. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we have a sure way to get you out of the doghouse. So is she Daisy Bouquet Mad? We have the cutest sweet bouquets that can perk up her day. A petite size to tell her you're thinking of her. Is she Mixed Garden Bouquet with a few roses mad? Our moderate-sized bouquets have a beautiful mix of colorful flowers with a few special roses tucked in. Perfect size to let her know she's important in your life. Or is she premium rose bouquet mad? Do you need to wow her? She can't resist smiling when she gets this one. This size tells her you can't live without her. Prepare yourself. You might be overwhelmed with wild affection. The power of flowers. It's undeniable. Become a believer. It's easy to send flowers. Call us at 303-665-5555. Order online at www.lafayetteflorist.com. Or stop by. We're open daily. Come visit us at Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. All right, we're back. You're not back yet. You're not even here first. So give us a call now, 303-477-2473. I've been collecting walnuts. Yeah? Yeah. I have... What are you, a squirrel? Well, I'm trying to get them before the squirrels get them. Okay. And having some success, but squirrels are pretty... They can can climb trees, you know. (laughs) Yeah, and you better not be. (laughs) Not anymore. Darn, I miss that too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Can you shake the tree? Well, I'd have to get up into it to shake it. It's too oh. big to shake from down below. Oh, okay. Well, you have to buy one of those machines. Yeah. 
Yeah. Tree shaker. Mm-hmm. Yep. I could use that on my pear trees in the back who are just loaded with pears. Well, then they bruise. They do. So you're going to take them off one at a time, carefully. I saw a video on Facebook about one of those tree-shaking machines yeah. going down the street in <coughs> some California city where they have orange, orange trees as street trees. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who was a brilliant person who thought of that? <laughs> well, and, that's uh, to feed the homeless, don't you know? Yeah, well, they come in with these, this machine, and they, it pulls up to <coughs> the tree, and then this collar unfolds around the trunk of the tree. Yep. And it's about, oh, five or six feet wide, all the way, like a radius, all mm-hmm. the way around the tree. And then <coughs> it shakes the tree. Mm-hmm. And all the oranges start falling off mm-hmm. into this, what would you call that? Collar is a good name for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just, it, it catches all the, all the oranges. And then when they're done shaking the tree, they just kind of tip it up and they all kind of roll into the, yep. into the truck bed. Yep. Into the and they hopper. go to the next yep. one. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they do with all those oranges. I don't know. Because there's oranges all over the sidewalk then, too. The yeah, ones that don't yeah, fall into the catcher, the catch yeah. basin. Squirrels get them. Squirrels? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Orange squirrels. Because the truck just pulls off and goes off to the next tree and just yeah, leaves them laying there. It's like, well, that's a mess waiting to yeah, happen. Yeah, it is. Fruit yeah. flies. and. But there's a number of trees they harvest that way. Yeah. Um, olives they can harvest that way. Mm-hmm. Almonds. Almonds. Almonds? Yeah, okay. they're almonds they harvest with that a, way. With a silent L? Yeah. And uh, what else? Don't do that with apples. <clears throat> they bruise too easily. There's got to be other things they do that with. Avocados? They probably bruise no, too easily, too. No, they bruise, too. Yep. <coughs> hmm. Well, we'll think about that, and we'll, we'll report back I've always that. wondered whether it hurts the tree, whether it damages the trunk in any way, because it seems like it would with that kind of pressure. It, yeah, you would think. Uh, it depends on the on the holding device, the grasping device, just mm-hmm. how it grasps and what it grasps with. Is it padded and all that stuff. But it okay, probably can't much? hurt them very much. Okay, Otherwise, how much padding we, there? If, if it, it did it to me, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd have broken ribs. And you, you'd be bruised all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't get any fruit either. No. <laughs> Might get some brain <laughs> tissue. Uh, uh, well, well <coughs> anyway. All right, here uh, again is the phone number, 303-477-2473. It's not too late to put down your winterizer or aerate. And if you're going to aerate, I would aerate first, then put the winterizer down yep. and water it in. And if you haven't blown out your oh, uh, yeah. irrigation system, that, that is very handy. I would uh, get on the, on the queue to have your... Lawn care company come in and blow out your system. Yeah, I was I was um, a little surprised Friday morning because I haven't turned mine off yet and blown it out. And like I said, Thursday <coughs> night in Centennial where I live, the, the temperature was 27 degrees. Well, I wasn't expecting that. Well, <laughs> that makes all the difference in the world then. Not. And I thought, oh, it's 27, and I didn't turn the water off. I didn't yeah. drain the backflow. I'm, I'm in trouble. Yeah, by the way, folks, if you don't want <clears throat> to, can't get your system blown out or drained or both, uh, protect your backfill, your backfill, your backflow preventer, mm-hmm. because that's always above ground. Yes. Get that, get that insulated. And that's the most expensive thing to break. <coughs> 
You can replace valves and all kinds of things. That's pretty cheap. But replace, replacing your backflow preventer isn't cheap. Those are typically made of brass, right? Or copper. Or brass? No, copper's too soft. Oh, brass. Okay. All right. Yeah. And <laughs> if it hasn't been stolen yet. <laughs> yeah. But there is, a, there is a, a right and a wrong way to drain those things. I found out a year or so ago. And I learned how to drain multiple kinds of backflow preventers. Oh. And it's very interesting. And, uh, yes. Yeah? Well, tell us. Well, I can't. It's a secret. It's a trade secret. Oh, That's yeah. why they charge the big bucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's little, little screws and bolts and that uh-huh. sort of thing you yeah. have to loosen. And you have to turn <coughs> the handle the right, you know, halfway in between off and on. And, mm-hmm. and then down in the basement where the shutoff is, there's also a little, a little uh, device that you drain the pipe with. And, yeah. um, and then you run through the different zones for a minute or two on each zone to help drain those yeah. lines. And but you <coughs> still should have it blown out Yeah. just to be on the safe side. Because water will settle in the low spots mm-hmm. in your irrigation system. You don't want that freezing. Because then you're re- replacing all your pipes everywhere. <laughs> and heads. That's expensive. And heads. Yeah. And heads, yeah. All right. We have callers now. All of a sudden, the gates well, opened up. Good. So let's get out there and talk to Karen in Centennial about what, he says. I don't know. Stump removal, it looks like. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Hey, what's going on? Well, I had my tree removed a couple weeks ago, but it's on, it's, it's on the back patio and it's a small space, so they cannot get Trump or stump removal equipment in there. And, and it's okay. He cut it really low, and I can put plants on it. But I just wondered what happens under the ground with that stump. You know what kind of tree it was? It was an ash. Okay, well what's going to happen is it's going to send up suckers next spring from okay. the, from around the base of that tree, that stump. And you can just keep those cut off and, and over time it will <coughs> you know, lose interest or <laughs> run, out of, run out of energy and stop doing that. And uh, the, once the roots are dead um, and then they'll just rot. Okay. And so you'll probably have need some... need to worry about the roots Keep growing. Oh no, no. Uh, no. Okay. No, just keep the suckers <coughs> cut off as they, as they show up, and uh, and the roots will eventually die, and then they'll start to decompose, and uh, the <coughs> thing that causes the decomposition are different types of fungi, and eventually you'll start seeing mushrooms coming up here and there in the yard, where the roots have extended and they're dying and or they're rotting, and the mushrooms are decomposing. The fungus is decomposing those roots. So you'll see mushrooms. That's a good thing. It's a cycle of life. It's returning nutrients to the soil. Uh, it's not going to hurt your grass or other plants. Okay, great. Well, thank you. Can I ask another quick question? You bet. Can, when, can you prune back? I have a huge sage plant <coughs> and oregano. Can, do you prune those back now? or? No, I would prune them in the springtime. In the spring? <coughs> yeah, yeah. You want, you want them to go through with as much foliage and stems and stuff on them as possible. Because there's all kinds of food and good stuff in those stems to get them through the winter. Oh, okay. Well, good to know. Well, thank you so much. You bet. All right. Bye. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye. <coughs> and keep in mind, uh, those of you who have planted things this last year, perennials, trees, shrubs, that sort of thing this last season, 
whether it was spring, summer, or fall when you planted it, it's always a good idea to go out there about once a month, November through March, and give those plants a good soak as long as the ground isn't frozen. And snow doesn't count. Only water counts. Free water. Unfrozen water. Unfrozen water. That's right. So do that, and it'll help uh, go. It goes a long ways in helping your plants get through the winter nice and healthy. Because we have very dry winters. We do have typically dry, <coughs> dry winters. Occasionally we get a nice wet winter with lots of heavy snow, and that melts. And that can be beneficial, but uh, by and large, most of our snow just evaporates and doesn't get into the ground. Yeah, and when you get, you know, a, an inch or two of snow on the ground, which is what our usual snowstorms are, that doesn't amount to anything no. as far as water. It takes 10 or 12 inches of snow to equal one inch of water. So you can only imagine what a couple of inches of snow does. It does nothing. Well, I made a statement, uh, what, two weeks ago. I, it, it would be beneficial probably for all of us to just <clears throat> go about our gardening and don't rely on Mother Nature to provide anything <laughs> no rain that's, no snow that's right and then start from that as a basis rather yeah. than think oh boy i just got we got snow and it's like a quarter inch of snow which is nothing yeah irrelevant what did you say you said a few weeks ago <clears throat> what it took as far as inches of moisture in this climate to grow a lawn perennials that sort of thing oh, do boy. you remember how many inches that was I know what Denver Water calculates, that it takes 12 gallons of water per square feet. Now you can, and I have not done the math to figure out what is the depth of that water for 12 gallons. But that's minimum, because Denver Water doesn't want you to use any water possible, so they can raise our rates. Well, I, in my brain, which is questionable sometimes, I seem to remember it was like 65 inches of moisture oh. a year to grow what we grow in general. And, and Mother Nature provides, if we're lucky, 12. There is some sort of math like that. And I thought it was closer to 35 inches oh, okay. minus, minus the, the average 12 to 15 inches that we get. <clears throat> or is that? No, that's on top of that. Yeah, that's on top of that. So you had 12 to 15 inches plus 35. Can you do that math in your head? Yeah, it's, some, it's somewhere under 100. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> if you're trying to grow things that most people are growing here. Like a lawn. Like a or lawn. Or trees. Or trees and shrubs. Or perennials. You know, I'm talking, we're talking 98%, if not higher, of all the things that are grown by people. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking marsh <coughs> plants. Yeah, we're not talking xeriscape because typically people's xeriscapes are not that large and they're just tiny little sections. And mo most, most people I've talked to that think they have a xeriscape and you look at it, it's got butterfly bush oh and yeah. dogwood <laughs> and things in it. No, that's not a xeriscape. <laughs> no, I just saw one of this list uh, a week ago. A friend of ours, my wife's came in with a list and wondering if, if these would be good xeriscape or dry land or no water plants and look at that thing. No, I don't think so. There's nothing on this list. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Sorry. They made some effort and they made a list. Yeah. It might be a <coughs> zero escape list in Virginia. Yeah. 
but you need to make sure it's a list that's actually for Colorado and and more importantly the front range of Colorado not up in the mountains not on the west slope so you can you can uh, if you get garden magazines or if you get trade magazines like I do and you see listings for new plants coming out and invariably a number of them because everybody seems to be aware of, of water use in the landscape uh, invariably, the newer ones coming out are going to have something close to saying drought tolerant. <laughs> By and large, I would say ninety over 90% of the ones that say that are not for us here in Colorado. They're no. not drought tolerant for us. Mm-mm. The classic one we keep bringing up all the time is uh, coneflower. Yeah. Not drought tolerant. Not on, not on a bet. Uh, unless you're dealing with our native coneflower. Which, good luck trying to find it. No kidding. Yeah. I always see daylilies on drought-tolerant yeah. lists. Back not, east, they are. Not hardly at all. Yeah, you don't here. have to water them no. back east. Unless you like scraggly-looking things with half the leaves are brown at the tips and, <laughs> and the flowers never really <coughs> develop well. Then if you, that, that, uh, that, I guess you could consider it drought-tolerant because it'll live through it, I suppose. But it won't perform. Yep. And, and a lot of plants like that. I and just, I, I I just see, ignore that title. I see people bringing lists in all the time from their HOAs, whatever. These are the approved plants <coughs> for low water usage. Yeah. And like I said, there's dogwood and butterfly bush and, <laughs> you know, know, burning bush and all these other things that, I'm, no, these are not low water plants by any stretch of the imagination. But they find them on a list someplace. Someplace, yep. yeah. yeah. And that list probably, if you go back through, You'll find that it originated somewhere west or east of the Mississippi River. More than likely. And not the same conditions here. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that Yeah. beating that dead horse. Let's get out and talk to James in Littleton. Good morning, James. Good morning, guys. How are you all? Uh, we're just dandy. How's your asparagus? Well, mine's <coughs> fine. Good. I finally, got some to start. I finally got some to start growing this year after... 30 years of being in the house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, just a couple questions. Back when I was just a wee little lad, um, we used to go out and go around the, the trees around uh, where DIA is and, and get asparagus. Yes. Well, I've been doing, I've done some walking along the Highline Canal here in the Littleton area and have found some. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I, I started walking this year, and I noticed, and it looks like asparagus. It's nice and tall and bushy, uh, you know, bushy like the asparagus in my yard. But it's turning a yellowish orange, and then it also there's some that I'm seeing with um, berries on orange berries on them. Yes. Yeah. Is that asparagus? Probably. Yeah, the female plants will have berries. The asparagus has oh. male and female plants, and the female plants will have berries. Uh, but in the fall, they, they typically turn yellow. There are various shades of yellow and into orange. Right. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, so so now's a good time to, um, to, to notice where they are so you can go back next year and, and gather up the spears. Take some, say, take some oh, yeah. blue, uh, blue <coughs> irrigation flags with you on your walk. And when you see them, stick those flags in the ground so you remember where they are next year. And the next person behind me knows where they are also. Exactly. Correct. Oh, they, they don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. 
Or you can take a <laughs> GPS location for each each club. That's well, right. That, Actually, I have I have started doing that. So okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just use technology well, here. Far more techie than I am. Yeah, yeah we try. Hey, um, another question. I've noticed after this nice big hailstorm that we had out here in the in the Highlands Ranch area, um, lilacs um, blooming like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing some apple trees blooming. Yeah. yeah. Is, did the hail cause this? Yeah. Yes, it did. I've never seen it before. Yep. It happened in my house a whole bunch of years ago. Every spring blooming thing bloomed that September. And they won't be blooming next spring. Nope. Oh, wow. That is... Yeah, if you'll harken, back to, harken back to one of our 26 years of, of doing this, we often will tell people that uh, the flower buds for next year for... Well, every all the all the shrubs, not the perennials, but the shrubs, those flower buds were set in June and July of right. the previous year. And okay. under stress, which is what uh, hail will do, will cause them to start blooming. So it's a survival response. Correct. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I guess I yeah. I guess I've never really noticed it before until. Till this year, it's just bizarre. Yeah, we so. I, we'd like to think that the flower buds form in the spring and then open up and look pretty. Uh, not true. The flower buds started forming last June and July, and, so, and they're already there. They're oh, set. Yeah. They just need to go through a winter, and uh, they'll come up. So, for those trees and shrubs that you mentioned that you saw <coughs> blooming, probably weren't. Uh, putting on a full spring display. So, to me, that says that some of the buds bloomed this fall that means that there are still a few buds left for next spring but you're not going to get a full-on fabulous display like you're used to seeing in the spring you'll get some flowers but not nearly as many because they've already used some up right right huh. okay well that answers that question and if your apple trees are blooming or have been blooming don't expect any apples this fall <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've heard i've heard in the past that that apples run on an every other year basis. Is that a well? It's what they call bite. It's what they call biennial bearing, and a lot of trees, a lot of fruit trees, will do that. They'll put on a massive um, uh, production of fruit one year and virtually nothing the next year. Now, apple growers okay. and other fruit growers know this, and so when the, when the trees start setting apples in the spring, they'll go out there and they'll literally cut off or pull off half the apples that set fruit. Oh. And thus okay. they will get out of that biennial bearing mode. Because the tree won't be trying oh. to trying to uh, produce as many apples as it possibly can. It'll, it'll keep some stuff in reserve for next year. And that happens a lot here in Colorado when we have a spring where we get a late frost and it and, and no fruit trees set any fruit because of the frost. So that sets right. everybody up for a really heavy crop the next year. And if, they may, if the tree makes it through the spring frost and has a good heavy crop, then you're set up for biennial bearing. So it's yeah. always a good idea to, to thin your fruit crop. Now, I must say that oh, okay. most people don't do that because they're, they're so used to not getting anything <laughs> that when they do get fruit, okay. they want as many as they can, not, not, 
not believing that they're setting themselves up for biennial barren. And it also right. produces a better quality fruit yes. if you go through and, 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 uh, and thin them. You have fewer insect problems because there's fewer apples or peaches or whatever for the insects to hide behind or in amongst. And uh, you get larger, better formed, and better tasting fruit. Right. Oh, okay. I've never, I've never grown an apple tree. I've grown peach trees, but that's, that's about all. Yeah, I've same ever thing grown, applies so. for them as well. You bet. Okay, I'll have to keep that in mind when I get another one started this it, year. It's hard. It's hard to do. I mean, to take off half the fruit that's set. Yeah, like on peach trees, yeah. they say each each fruit should be about six inches apart. Well, that that's a lot of space. Huh. When the peaches are small, it looks like you're taking way too many off. Right. In fact, they even know okay. how many leaves it takes to produce a good-sized fruit. Yeah. And you can do that, too, if you want to count leaves. <laughs> I have a life. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, my wife won't count them for me. Oh, okay. No, actually, actually what you do, you do this counting for a couple of fruits, and you get a feel for, all right, now I've done that, and I've thinned them. What does it look like? How much space is there between individual fruits? And then you can go around and just do that all over the tree. Yeah, with apples, they say, you know, no more than two apples per cluster. Well, you look at some of the trees now this year, there's three and four apples in a cluster. Well, they're about half the size they should be. So Right, yeah. Okay. Well, great. Great. Thanks, guys. I will uh, take my GPS out and start doing some more charting here and... All right. See how things go next. Yeah, next and spring. So yeah, keep it keep it secret. Don't go putting that on the internet someplace. <clears throat> internet, internet. What's that? I've never heard that thing. <laughs> okay, just as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, you, you bet. Thanks, for, thanks calling. for calling. And having said that, we're going to go ahead and take our last break of this hour, and uh, Sean will do the the honors there, and we'll be back uh, chatting with, with you right after that here on Legends Eight Ten. How mad is she? At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we have a sure way to get you out of the doghouse. So is she Daisy Bouquet mad? We have the cutest sweet bouquets that can perk up her day. A petite size to tell her you're thinking of her. Is she mixed garden bouquet with a few roses mad? Our moderate sized bouquets have a beautiful mix of colorful flowers with a few special roses tucked in. Perfect size to let her know she's important in your life. Or is she premium rose bouquet mad? Do you need to wow her? She can't resist smiling when she gets this one. This size tells her you can't live without her. Prepare yourself, you might be overwhelmed with wild affection. The power of flowers, it's undeniable. Become a believer. It's easy to send flowers. Call us at 303-665-5555. Order online at www.lafayetteflorist.com. Or stop by. We're open daily. Come visit us at Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Taking your phone calls here on Legends 810. By the way, our phone number, 303-477-2473. Write a jingle, memorize it. Yeah, if somebody make a jingle out of that and, yeah. and tell us. Like we the need tree one. farm jingle. Yeah, we need, it. we need a jingle. All right, let's see. We've got Vilma waiting to talk to us. Good morning, <coughs> Vilma. Good morning. How are you, kiddo? I am doing well. Good. How about you? You know, I'm just living the dream. What can I say? Yes, 
that's the way it goes. Yep, don't pinch me. Gotta, gotta do the best we can while it, under the circumstances. So how are your Japanese Beatles? Uh, question. They were really bad this summer, even though I treated the ground in the spring. But, of course, if the neighbors don't treat it, they'll come from there. Right. And uh, I bought the Grabex granules to apply them to the ground, but I didn't get to do it. I take it it is too late to do it now. But then, when should I apply it in spring? Which I usually do it in April. Yeah, April is a good month. Okay. All right. Well, that will do it. Okay. I've been having problems with my, with my lawn getting brown, no matter how much water I put on it. I did fertilize it, and it did not help. And somebody told me that the rabbits are carrying a disease in their feces. And we have plenty of rabbits here. So I don't know what to do about that. Well, no, the rabbits aren't going to carry a disease that spreads to your grass. Maybe to humans or to other animals, but not to your grass. But, they, okay. but the, you know, the, the urine and so forth that the, an, that the rabbits... Because, you know, while they're eating, they're, you know, stuff coming in one end goes out the other end at the same time. And, uh, yeah. and, and that, can, that can be very damaging to the grass. Um, just because of the the acidity and the nitrates and all the, all the stuff that's in urine and, and feces. And it can build up into the soil and, and start to burn the grass. And also because they, they chew it down so close to the ground. So yes. th those are bigger concerns right there. Well, yesterday I applied Revive, hoping that would help. Uh-huh. That should help a lot, yes. Okay. Yeah, and then and then finding out some way to um, cut down on your rabbit population would help even more. Yeah, how do you get rid of them? No, I I trapped them in my yard. <laughs> yeah, then what do you do? Kill them? Well, we don't want to talk about that on the air, but ideally, I you know you want to take them a long ways away you know, miles away, <coughs> to some open field where there are lots of eagles and hawks and coyotes. Yeah, preferably somewhere in Kansas. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know my sister who lives in uh, Chicago. She lives in Creek, which is close to Indiana. She traps their animals because they get raccoons and all kinds of animals. Right, yeah. So, anyway... I enjoyed your show, and I have not memorized the number yet. Okay. You're going to have to give it more often because I have memorized the uh, uh, KZW number, but not this station. So, okay. And then, of course, I have to go through the whole directory to find it. In well, my cellular. tattoo it to the back of your hand. I will. I'm not saying. I don't believe in tattoos. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> All right. Well, try to try to memorize it, or write All it right. down someplace on a big on on your refrigerator. Put it on your refrigerator with a refrigerator magnet. Well, I have I have it in my directory in the cellular. Okay. Just that I have it on the white white garden guide instead of um, KECW. Okay. Yeah. You'll just have to change the the location. Yes. Yeah. All right. Correct. Well, thanks for calling, Vilma. Have a good day. You're welcome. Bye-bye.
Now, you know they have these temporary tattoos you can use. Mm-hmm. They last about a week. Yeah. Until the next show. <laughs> and, and then you <laughs> and put then it gone. on again. <laughs> we, should, we should make some of those and send them out to people. That wouldn't be a bad Or we could do airdrop over the entire city. I like that. Yeah. We could use our drones. We could. Yeah. Yeah. So sign up here now <laughs> with your GPS location. That's right. <clears throat> then we'll drop them into your backyard. So, by the way, just so you all know, uh, Vilma was talking about giving out the number more often. Well, we also should talk more often about the fact that the show is being simulcast on the Legend FM station, 95.3. Yes. So if you're having issues with picking up AM, you can pick it up on FM. Uh, maybe a lot easier. And should you be busy Saturday mornings and you can't listen to us, why I make arrangements to come back to that same station, Legends 810, Sunday evening from 6 until 8, when the whole thing plays all over again. But it's recorded. It's not live. Yeah, it's not live. Speaking of recorded, you can also, if you don't like listening to the radio on the weekends, you can listen to us anytime you want during the week even. By going to our podcasts on podbean.com. Yep. That's P-O-D-B as in boy, E-A-N, like the, like the vegetable, podbean. It's kind of the reverse. It should be bean pod. I it? know, but it's not. It's podbean.com. And just look up, you know, the Garden Wise <coughs> show and boom, there it is. And uh, you can listen to shows all the way back to when we started here in April. Yeah. To when we were just kids. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't know what we were talking about. But we learned. Yep, we did. Yeah, we did. And, and we're also uh, listed on Facebook, too, if you're on Facebook. And God, these days, who isn't? I know mm. a lot of people who aren't. You know people who are dropping off. That's what I keep hearing. But then the, the numbers of users are like in the billions. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> we, have Facebook, we have Facebook watchers, likers, readers, whatever you want to call them. In other countries. We do. And they have to, they look us up on the Garden Wise guys. Anyway, um, Keith makes sure that, that the podcast is listed every week. Mm-hmm. It's a running, a running list. It, it, yeah, there's a link. Yeah. And, and we break the show up into two one-hour podcasts. And so, so you can listen to it on your computer. Or your phone. And, of course, we are being streamed, too, I understand. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So if you should decide to take a vacation in Thailand, we're there. Yeah. Not at the, not in Thailand time, but <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to figure that out. That's right. Well, let's get back out to the phones. Kathleen's waiting to talk to us, and uh, I can't read it from here. So good morning, Kathleen. <laughs> good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly. Earlier you were talking about coneflower, which I put in this year, and you said native coneflowers are uh, xeric. I want to know what are native. I planted Cheyenne Spirit. I planted, oh, what's the name of them? They're beautiful pink things. Oh, I wa- can you tell me what native we have only one native coneflower, and it is uh, Echinacea angustifolia. Angustifolia. Yeah, thank a- you. angustifolia. You couldn't have made it a little bit shorter, that Latin, wow. that you know? <laughs> okay. Angusta. Yeah, no, give Angus. Me, uh, give me the 
common name? Anagostum. Oh, what would be a common name? Would be narrow leaf coneflower. What? Narrow leaf. Narrow leaf. Which really is what, disc- that's okay. what angustifolia means, narrow leaf. Thank you. All right, so it's not the Cheyenne spirit. No. Now, that's a mixture. That's a hybrid, yeah. 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 Well, okay, so uh, I should apply lots of water is what I'm thinking. Not lots of water, but, you know, just average water for a perennial garden here. Um, yeah. It's not going to be a low water plant. It's not going to be. Boy, no, was no. I wrong. I thought it was. Okay. <clears throat> All right, I'm glad you straightened me out. I love this stuff. And keep telling us things. All Thank right, you. we will do that. Thank okay. you, Kathleen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, you really have to research a little bit where some of this information comes from. Like I said, you know, coneflowers are probably a low water plant in Virginia where they get 40 or 40 plus inches of, ir- of uh, natural rainfall a year. So they don't have to water much. No, so a drought year for them would be 30 inches. Yeah, <laughs> that's still more than twice what we get yeah, here. twice what we get here. There is another... You can get species of coneflowers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, what we call the first one, which is Echinacea purpurea. That's a purple one. In fact, there are eight species of coneflowers, and they are all purplish, pinkish, purplish, reddish. Except one. Except one. And that one is yellow. And paradoxically, <laughs> it's, it's called, called Paradoxa. Paradoxa. <laughs> and you can right. get seed of that. You have to go on the internet, and people will have that. And you can get Echinacea tennesseensis. I planted that this year. That used to be a rare plant back east, and <clears throat> they went through a whole program of trying to increase it, and it's been successful. So much so that you can buy now buy seed on the open market. You can buy plants at the garden and centers and now because it's, yeah. a, it's a, um, who's he, what's it? Plant Select. Plant Select, thank yep. you. Yep. It's a plant select now, plant. why they selected that one is way beyond me. I don't understand that part. Well, if it comes from the, the Tennessee, I mean, it's called Tennesseeensis, so it must yep. come from that re- region of the country. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of moisture down there. <coughs> yeah, it is. Now, there are other species. What do we got? Uh, we're back to, th- that's three out of eight. So there's five more species out there. And you can get them, uh, but you have to go on the Internet and, and uh, look them up and see who's selling them. Mm-hmm. Plants, a little more difficult to get. So there you go. And now, where did all the, now what do we number up to? We're up to 738 selections or varieties, if you will, or named varieties that have been named over the intervening years since 1994. And they've used all those species we just talked about and they mixed them all up. Yep. And come up with all kinds of colors. All right, there's music. Indicate that we have to get out here and make room for a little bit of stuff you get over the top of the hour. It's not very long. Uh, I'm going to take a deep breath, and um, I will still be holding that breath when we come back right here on Legends 810.